Hey guys, it's Audio D, and it's time to talk about Evangelion. This episode is a fucking doozy, my friends. So I decided to just kind of do this one as a solo standalone episode. So it starts off with video footage of the second impact. There's all types of words we recognize, like central dogma and Adam and all this shit. And people are, and they're screaming and there's chaos. At first it was just a normal day at the work office. Asshole dudes are cutting off this woman. Lots of random chatter about the office until chaos breaks loose. And you even see the camera fly over. Uh, and get knocked down, which I thought was interesting. But it's like a security camera. There's nobody on screen. It's just chaos. And you see Adam's big-ass glowing hands. I think outside of the OP, which I forgot Adam is in the OP. Because usually when the OP happens, I'm actually standing up and dancing. <laughs> hey, boy, what's up? So, yeah, it's video footage of the second impact, which is insane. I, I hope they didn't show that shit to Misato. That would have just sent her right back to being a mute. We don't know what Kaji's doing. We hear Misato's, like, voicemail go off. And then we see him hang up. We don't know at the time when we're watching it what he's doing, but it all hits you in the ass in the end where Misato listens to the voicemail he actually left. I thought he heard the machine and hung up. Like, usually that's what we do. It's like, I don't want to leave a fucking message. You get it. I call you. You see me on caller ID. Just call me back. He does leave a message, and the message he leaves is kind of fucking heartbreaking, so we'll get to it. So we don't know what the fuck happened to Big Bird. I found out his name is Futsuki, thanks to this episode, because they say it like a thousand times. Again, I never am upset about that. That always helps me understand somebody's name. (laughs) I'm real bad with names, and that's one way you can get me to remember it. Even a show like Evangelion that I've seen, like, this is, like I said, this is my fourth time watching it through. I couldn't remember that guy's name, but it's Futsuki. The only reason I I remembered it this time is because I felt like I had to for to record these. Because I I sound like an asshole just calling him Big Bird all the time. But uh, he gets kidnapped. It's probably Kaji. You know, Masato gets investigated. And they're like, look, you have special ties to him? Ritsu or... See, I keep mispronouncing Ritsuko's name too. Is it Ritsuko? Let's say it's Ritsuko for now until I figure it out. (laughs) She probably snitched that... Masato went to his house to get digged down which sounds like her because she's so fucking grumpy about it happening usually so we have a flashback of we have a flashback of the beginnings of nerve which tells you so much goddamn information first of all Gendo's last name is an Ikari he took his wife's last name and that shows you what he thinks about his wife considering later on he's so cold and hates everything and, and he it seems like man is Gendo capable of love and you don't think so but he took his wife's last name Masato seems to like be living at the new headquarters where, that there's doing all this UN stuff and she's just stuck in a room being a mute she's been traumatized by watching her dad die in front of her this giant fucking angel like that would probably fuck up anybody mentally you know especially a little girl so she hasn't said anything since and she's been stuck in this room Uh, eventually she starts speaking again and almost a little bit too much she becomes a bit of a chatterbox and it's cute i'm I'm glad that misato can find her voice again we actually get to see gendo's wife straight up in person and it's nice shinji says several times he can't remember her face so and we usually see his mom from that perspective of like you know the chin of a woman like very much like the nanny and muppet babies like we never actually see her face like miss bellum from powerpuff girls but because this is this is a flashback from the point of view of Futsuki, we get to see her face because he still remembers her. I'm sure Gendo does too, but you know. Also, when we see young Gendo, he looks like a fucking creep. Dude just has this face on that he's always scheming something. Just, I don't know, just the expression they draw him with just looks shady. We do see him happy and it's like, great, I love when he's happy because he doesn't look so fucking, like, menacing. But yeah, they, they always draw Gendo to look real schemey. To be honest... 
the chin strap was an improvement because without the chin strap, he just it makes him look worse. I do think that the chin strap and the glasses make him look like he's a member of the Beatles, but that I think is better. It lets you let your guard down around him. We also find out that Ikari was the first one to work for Futi. She worked for him before Gendo did. Gendo came later. Um, we're gonna build this like crazy advanced city right here in this really weird place. Ikari and Gendo, Yui Ikari, start dating. Fucking Futi's like, fucking really? Like that guy? Uh, and she's like, yeah. He's actually really nice, and he only shows that side to me, which is probably why nobody else in the goddamn world knows Gendo as anything else but this. It seems like that part of himself also died with his wife, but that's the side he also shows to Ray. After the second impact, which took place in like 2000, um, which is eerily close to our own really huge world-changing tragedy, a global warming to everything. They say that they don't have seasons anymore, and that it's only 30 degrees Celsius almost all the time. And it's like, oh man, that's that's happening to us in slow motion. We shouldn't have fucked with Adam, you guys. We should stop calling it climate change because people think that change means something that's happened incrementally instead of something that's happening right the fuck now. We should just call it like the second impact. Like it happened and everything's fucked. Also fucking suspiciously, the reason why Gen Gendo was at that research facility, but he wasn't there. It just so happens that he, he went back to Japan the day before it happened. What a lucky guy. That motherfucker knew that was gonna happen or knew something might happen and left as a precaution, that motherfucker. And he just sat there and not said shit to everybody else who just died horrible deaths. Well, except for Misato, who was traumatized and changed forever. Another thing is that they, there was a government cover-up of what actually happened with Second Impact. They're saying like, and it fits the name, right? Oh, Second Impact. A meteor just happened and crashed into Antarctica. It shattered, like, all of Antarctica. But that's fine. How, then, do Nerve, like, kind of worry about it happening again? The thing is, I guess the people at Nerve know what happened, but the people don't. How do they explain the angels to those people? How do they explain the angels to people who, who are affected by them on, like, an almost daily basis uh, in Japan? The people who happen to live in, uh, the people who happen to live there. And it's not like they're tr they're keeping this information quarantined to this community because fucking Otacon there is always on his computer typing shit away on the internet. So who knows what the fuck he's saying in, on message boards and in, back then they were like Yahoo fucking chat rooms. We also find out that uh, Ritzko's mom also works for this proto nerve uh also Ritzko's there and her hair is not blonde but she's working on the magi computer system and she named them that after the three wise men because there's a lot there's a biblical theme to all this bullshit that's going on because they're following the dogma of the three uh, of the dead sea scrolls they are on fucking theme with everything they do they're like and this is the magi and this is central dogma and they also show uh Futsky, the ava the first well, well they show the Ava prototype, uh, which is um, Unit Zero, as it's being constructed. And right now, it's mostly just a spine, but uh, that's fucked up. I pulled the cinema sins, and whenever they say the title of the episode, whenever they give you the titular line of the show or movie or whatever, I'm like, that's it, roll credits. It's not necessarily 100% the title. He mentions that we are creating Ava, and then he says, I want you to help me make a new genesis for mankind. And then I was like, I mean... Yeah, roll credits. That's it. Neon Genesis Evangelion. He said it almost. He said it a bit out of order. I don't know about you, but that hearing that just sounds fucking wicked. And the fact that Fusky went to him to like expose his bullshit, and he's just like, "You're in too deep now, bitch. You know too much. You have to join me. Join me. It'll be great. It'll be a fun time." And now, not only does he join him, he joins him as his fucking right hand man. What changed his mind? What stopped him from going public with the information about the? Dead Sea Scrolls and Second Impact, and instead 
working beside this guy that he obviously does not like. He was like, are you going to do the th- are you going to do a third impact? And he's like, could be. He doesn't necessarily say it like that, but he's like, I'm not going to say no. And it's like, well, that's an admission. Yeah, but you can't take that shit to court. Ritsko and her mom write to each other from the geofront. Because Ritsko's mom is in the geofront, and Ritsko's on top of the surface going to school or whatever. And she writes a lot of letters to her mom. And she's very close with her mom. Like she, can, I've never been that close to my mom that I would write her letters about somebody else's sex life. So, like, I, I thought that was jarring to me that she's that close with her mom. That she's like, all she wants to do is fuck Kaji. And it's like, yeah, she's, you know, a young woman let her do what she wants you mad you ain't getting you ain't getting no buns that ain't nobody's fault but yours and apparently she was getting buns from what kaji was uh talking about before like oh you know we were just fucking around they also say that yeah they don't like how he's groomed they hate that he doesn't shave or cut his hair um he shaves but just like so irregularly because he has like a permanent stubble so i'm sure he shaves to like get it to grow back again but he probably shaves, like, once every month and a half or some shit like that. Uh, Ritsuko's mom, uh, Dr. Ikagi, writes back to her mom that, like, she hates living underground. Yui decides to become a test subject. What that means? We don't really know yet. She also says that, like, the reason that Sele is, sh- is around and doing all this stuff is to prevent third impact. So either she's lying to Futuki when she talks to him about that, or she's being 100% genuine and it's Gendo that's lying to her. That he knows the true goal of this whole setup. Doesn't want to tell his wife about it. Just because like when it was like, oh, third impact. Are you going to do that again? And he's like, mm. he doesn't he doesn't say yes or no. Makes me think that he was always going to do it. He has reasons why he does it. But those reasons don't exist yet. Yui died doing what she loved. And that was being a test subject for science. And she said she wanted to do it for Shinji. Considering Gendo loves his wife so much. She probably should have taken those words into account a little more. Instead of just going, eh, you're you're a fucking pawn. It's like, hey man, I know I get it. You loved your wife, but she loved Shinji. Give him like an ounce of that, please. For me personally, the best shot of this entire episode is the shot of uh, Gendo's office in construction, and it says like, you know, there's caution. There's a caution sticker on the window there, and you see it under construction, and it there. It's still a ridiculously huge office. There are still no low-bearing wall <laughs> beams or anything in this room. I love that uh, Futsuki is standing about 50 feet away from his desk. It's hilarious. It, this is, like, my favorite shot. It's under construction. You can see, like, beams and stuff outside the window. It, it's so good. Because we were like, how does he ask for this office to be this way? We also see the trappings of him becoming him. Like, he's doing the thing where he sits with his hands in front of his face. But he was doing that uh, when his when his wife was at the test. So this is not new. And apparently he's been gone for a week. Futsuki's like, I get that you're grieving, but we got work to do. We're going to get to work on the human instrumentality project. We're going to start doing that now. And he's like, uh, okay. He's just going full steam ahead now that his wife's gone. Risco's mom, who was said that she was glad that Yui died, is slobbering all over Gendo. But Gendo's not reciprocating any of this. He's kind of just any port in a storm, but he doesn't really have any emotions towards this. He feels nothing for her. He's probably just, these are just physical urges of his. If he reciprocates in that way at all. Because that kiss looked real fucking one-sided. Ritsuko happens to go down there because she wants to go check out, you know, Mission Control. She accidentally runs into this scene of her mom, like, kissing uh, Gendo. So the next day, fucking Gendo brings, bring your daughter to work day. And he's like, oh no, this is not my daughter, actually. I'm just helping someone with their kid. I just took in a random kid. You know how it is. Uh, Even though you've never seen me physically with my son outside of the day that my wife died i've taken in this young girl who totally doesn't exist 
uh, because when Ritsuko's mom went and Googled her, pretty much, she, she was like, yo, this girl has no footprint in the world at all. It's like she doesn't exist or the, her her records have been erased, which is fucking weird. And Dr. Ikagi already feels some kind of way about this little girl because she, she reminds her of someone. She just can't fucking place it. She's like, fuck, she reminds me of somebody. So she already is on edge around her. And then the little fucking troll shows up and is like, you're an old hag. We find out that the Magi are the three parts of, of Ritsuko's mom. They're her like experiences as a woman, her experiences as a mother, and her experiences her experience as a scientist. As these supercomputers that know the answers to everything. First of all, wow. Uh, she created Wikipedia, and it's just her own knowledge. They've added knowledge to it, most likely, and fleshed out the system. It's real up your own ass to, like, make computers in your own image. But this way, she's immortal. Again, Ritsuko talks to her mom about her friend's sex life. Well, not about her friend's sex life. She's just about their relationship. And the mom kind of seems invested. She's like, oh, yeah, Misato's in town. She works for Gehern now, which is proto-nerve which apparently means brain in German, just like nerve means nerve in German, which is maybe why they make them pronounce it that way in the Netflix dub, but fucking don't. It's nerve. Ritzko tells her mom, like, eh, her her boyfriend broke up, it didn't work out. And her mom's like, but I thought they were a perfect couple. And she's like, eh, I don't give a fuck. I don't really do that whole relationship shit. I don't even know what makes me happy yet. Probably not going to be a relationship because that's when her mom was like, you, you're going to lose your chance to be happy. And she's like, why do I have to be in a relationship to be happy, essentially? If there's two things I'm wondering about. Is Ritsuko asexual or in love with Misato? And that's why she hates that she has sex with her boyfriend all the time. She obviously does not really care for a relationship too much with a man. She said that several times, that men and women are complex. It gets even more interesting later on, trust me. There is so much more to uh, Ritzko than meets the eye. And, and there's so many things I want to know, like, why? This is interesting. This is interesting and confusing, and I wonder why. Um, and yeah, I think that she dyed her hair so she looks less like her mom. She looked like a splitting image of her mom the first time we see her. So her hair is, like, blonde, and it's in a different style. So to make her stand out, especially when she's working with her mom, that could probably be a pain in the ass. They have the same last name. So yeah, then we get Ray wandering into her room and then going, eh, you know, you're an old hag. And that's what Gendo calls you. To, and it's like, yo, Ritsuko's mom got fucking told by this six-year-old? Katsuragi goes fucking crazy and strangles this kid until she's dead. Ray is dead. She killed her. A chalk outline in a lot of blood. That looks like somebody murdered Katsuragi in cold blood. We get to hear Kaji's last message, which is an apology. And pretty much like a, I'm gonna die handle my final affairs kind of message, which was really fucking sad, especially the, for Misato, who she kind of maybe wanted to rekindle that relationship, but it his career made everything so fucking dodgy that she was just like, eh, I guess it won't work out. It's really fucking sucks for um for everyone involved. Like, I can't imagine how Asuka feels, which probably is what triggers her feelings. That combined with her breakdown about not being as good as Shinji kind of combined into just like a cacophony of sadness he gets killed because you know he's trying to find out too much so the fly me to the moon in this episode in a jazz club so like fly me to the moon but let's do it in a nice upscale harlem jazz club and that's it thanks for listening